It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. You do this back, made back, this back, tell the whole world the truth is back. You ain't gotta argue about who can rap, cause the proof is back. Stone through my rap, where my troopers at, where my hustlers, where my boosters at. I don't care what you do for stack. I know the world glued you back to the wall, you gotta brawl through that. I've been through that, been shot at, shoot that. Gotta keep a peace like a boot ass. I ain't a new jack, nobody gon' Wesley snipe me. Uh-uh. It's less than likely that I breathe, Jedi night. The more space I get, the better I write. Oh, never I write, but if ever I write, I need the space to say whatever I like. Now, just now. In the phantom, you could bring your friend, we can make this a tandem. Or you could come by yourself and you can stand them. You could come by yourself and you can stand them. Best believe I sweat out weeds, get afro puffs like R A G E. How you get a you can move it, back it on up like a U Haul truck. You run and tell him ducks, you heard Hobie new shit. He and the boy fool, he'll make beautiful music. He is to the east with snoopers, to the west with faces. The Houston young hove in the house is so necessary. No bra with that blouse is so necessary. No panties and jeans, that's so necessary. Why you front on me? Is that necessary? Do I to you look like a lame? Who to understand the issue game? Who's up on dot, 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 and Vera Wayne? Ma, are you insane? What you want me to do? Gotta take a lot 
this don't go well with those estas. Gotta stay fresh, ma, ma. I don't shout with a respite. Oh no, ma, please respect my jiggy. It's probably purple label with that BBC shit on. It's probably tailored. And y'all niggas acting way too tough. Throw on the suit, get it, tape it up. You know I stay fresh to death. Bought it from the projects, and I'ma take you to the top of the globe. Hey, boy, it's waiting there for you. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your buddy Ryan, and this is your Thursday episode. Is that right? I think that's right. That is right. Thursday. Okay. Yeah, today's Wednesday. We got this. No, it's good. You are one step closer to Friday. Oh my gosh, it all just just blends into one big year. Uh, Folks, how is everybody doing today? I hope you guys are great. Uh, I'm not good because I just watched one of the worst season finales of a Housewives show I have seen in a long time. This show has now been completely um, monopoly, not monopoly, what is the word? It's been completely hijacked by Jen Shaw and her storyline. There is no, I mean, no wonder they've made this a shortened season because I realize you can't really do anything when one of your castmates is pretty much going to jail. And I don't mean just physically, I mean there's really no other drama that is going to even compete. And when the main drama you can't really talk about and you don't get any kind of the full answers that you need. Yeah. You got to close up shop. You ruined the season. I mean, truly what a horrendous episode. What, I mean, honestly, that choir, I mean, like, listen, this is what's starting to be bold. Like all of Heather's storylines just seems to be a load of horseshit. Uh, by the way, happy Thursday, everybody. Uh, but for real, like that choir seemed fake as hell. Everything seemed fake. Everything. Like this is wild. I have no, I mean, just truly a maddening episode. And we will get, uh, we'll do a full recap uh, very soon of this final episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the recap I did today. I know those come a little bit later, but hopefully you're still interested in them because I do love talking about this show, but it is infuriating. I mean, you guys, half of that episode, we had 25 minutes of like wrapping up the season and then you could tell that they stopped filming for a while and then they brought Heather and Meredith to New York for Jen's sentencing and it was just a mess. It was just a mess. 
I just feel like it's more lies on top of more lies on top of more lies. I don't think Heather's telling the truth. I don't think Jen's telling the truth. I don't think Coach is telling the truth. And I, I just truly, it's just a really wacky, wacky season. And I'll be really curious about the reunion, but I'm not really holding out a lot of hope for it, okay? So, but I cannot wait to dig into that episode just to talk about, because I need to yell about, I need to yell about this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Also, uh, I was wrong two times today, you guys. And listen, it hurts me because up to this point, three years of doing this, I've never been wrong. And I was wrong two times in this last day. And I, I want to own up to you guys uh, about this. Listen, this is what Jen Shaw couldn't do for, for people. But I want to say I was wrong because I thought Brandy Glanville was going to be announcing her return to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills tonight. That is not the case. I still think there's a chance she will be back. It seemed like they were teasing it a lot, but the announcement did not come tonight like I thought on Watch What Happens Live. And um, so I was wrong about that. I was also wrong, and this is really weird because this story keeps changing. Catherine Dennis, yesterday it said she was going to be back as a guest star. Today, Catherine Dennis has written her letter saying farewell to Southern Charm this season, that she will not be in it. I'm so confused, you guys. I'm like, just make up your mind already. I Whether you're coming or you're going... But uh, her statement says, well, what a wild ride it's been. Can you believe I was 21 when I first started filming Southern Charm back in its first season? That was in 2013. And in the decade that followed, it's safe to say my life changed in ways I could never imagine. It hasn't always been easy, but I'm so lucky to have had reality cameras there capturing so many moments that I'll never forget. And a few even that I'd like to. Y'all watched me grow up, become a mom to two amazing children and build friendships I'll always treasure. And through it all, the love y'all have shown for me not only gave me strength, I needed to tackle it all, but help me realize that I wasn't alone. I'm so grateful. I'll be carrying that love with me as I enter the next chapter of my life away from the Southern Charm lens. I'm thankful for Bravo, the producers at Haymaker, and my Charleston castmates for everything, and I'm excited for whatever comes next. If it's anything like the last decade, it'll be a memorable ride. LFG, let's fucking go. So this bums me out, but this is what I, listen, also, I, I recorded Shenanigans, or Shenanigans with Sheena Shea and uh, Jamie Lynn, or Jamie from uh, Jamie All Over, the podcast, and I was, I got to be a guest today on Shenanigans, and it was my second time on there, and it's, we got to talk all about the Vanderpump trailer. Um, I think I might have started interviewing her at one point <laughs> accidentally, but it was always just fun, and I, I just, to this day, I can't believe, I'm like, wow, I'm just literally across... I'm just watching Sheena Shea. Like, you just never... It's just wild to me. So check that episode out on Friday. I think it's going to be really, really fun. Um, I also did uh, a podcast right after that called Internet Hour, which is celebrating its 100th episode with my new friend, Sarah. And uh, I'm not sure when that's going to come out, but she's going to tell me, and I'll let you guys know. But it was really special to even be asked... Um, to do her podcast, and especially for the 100th episode. You know how much work it takes to do even one episode? And she got to 100. Like, that is just no small feat. And it was just, it was great. Like, I, I was like, what a what a cool life I get to have because of you guys. So, uh, and thank you to Sarah for having me. But um, Sheena, we, we were talking about Ultimate Girls Trip and Bravo shows that are starting to mash up the casts. And I think they need to do that even more. And I think they need to even expand Ultimate Girls Trip to females in the Bravo universe on Vanderpump Rules, Summer House. I would love to see Catherine Dennis on an Ultimate Girls Trip. So it's just an idea. I'd like to put it out there. But I think I think this format can withstand that if there's a mix, you know, I, I would truly, truly love that. Um, also, guys... I don't believe in love anymore. 
I just don't. It's over. Because today, after three and a half years, John Jansen, <laughs> John Jansen, Shannon Bedore's boyfriend, I'm John Jansen. <laughs> so if you guys are listening today for the interview with our amazing guest, hopefully you've used the timestamps to skip right to her and you didn't, didn't hear me scream, I'm John Jansen. Uh, into a microphone three times. But Shannon Bedore, Shannon Storms Bedore, uh, when one Bedore closes, another opens. That's what I always believe. But uh, they split up. I was awoken by the news. And it is so funny. It just shows how strong my brand is and sad that uh, I had literally like 100 messages of like, I'm John Jansen. <laughs> so Shannon, no, it's not funny because Shannon said she was blindsided by this. And John even gave quotes of saying, listen, it's very sad. There's going to be nobody like Shannon in my life, you know, which is obviously not a, she doesn't mean that as a good thing if he broke up with her, but he was very complimentary towards her. And it just seems like a very, it seems like a very big surprise. Now, listen, Jeff Lewis, who I love, she's going to be on his radio, his serious show tomorrow or today, today he'll be on there. And I'm, I'm really curious to listen to that. Um, and it really, God, he's so lucky he gets to be friends with her so he can get that exclusive, but also Jeff's just amazing. So also he was on watch what happens live. If you remember, and Andy asked, do you think, uh, Shannon Bedore and John Jensen will last? And he said, no. And he got in trouble from Shannon for it. And like, buddy, turns out he was right. I'm John Jensen. Guys, the reason I say that, if you don't know for the people new is, um, because I always think John just is like barely hanging on. He's just angry at the core, but he just tries to cover it up with a smile and drinks. And so I always, during the recaps, I'd be like, I'm John Jensen. And a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people remember it. And they asked me to do that even when it doesn't make sense. So don't worry. Just like Lisa Rinna, John Jansen will still be in the podcast. I will still be going, I'm John Jansen for years to come. Probably. <laughs> so let's get into today's episode because we have such an amazing guest that I don't need to do anything more because this guest is truly, truly incredible. Um, it is one of those things where it's another thing where I'm so lucky where I get to reach out to people I admire and have them on the podcast now. And I, you know, I've been following her for a long time and she follows me and I finally had the courage, the balls, if per se, to ask her on the show. And her name is Kirby Johnson. You might already know her. Her Instagram account is at Kirby Johnson. She is a contributor to Allure Magazine, which we talk about. Her podcast is called Gloss Angeles, and you can find that on Spotify and Apple. And my God, she was just doing content at the Golden Globe Awards. She was on the red carpet. Her Instagram account is so cool. And like, listen, you guys, you know me. You don't think makeup when you think Ryan Bailey. Not yet, at least. Uh, my beauty brand has not launched. But Kirby makes me interested in those things. And she does it with this pop culture flair because she loves that stuff as much as we do. So this was truly, truly so fun for me. I got to do this on Saturday and it like fits right in so bad. It's good DNA and all of our loves, but at the same time, it's still a little off center for this show. And I love that. I love that we get to experiment a little bit and we talk about so many pop culture things. We also get to talk about her story. There's so many cool moments of this interview and just frankly, I had just a blast talking to her and I hope she'll come back for years to come. And I hope I get to work with her down the line because I truly, truly, truly think she is very cool and special and very talented. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here is your Thursday guest, the one, the only Kirby Johnson. 
Welcome back to iHeartRadio So Bad It's Good. Today is the favorite type of interview I have where I get to pick somebody that I admire uh, and for a long time and say, hey, I have a show. I'm going to try to uh, talk with them and, and get them on my show just so I can meet them. And today I finally get to meet a person that I followed for a very long time. Now, I know you think Ryan Bailey and So Bad It's Good. The first thing that comes to your mind isn't beauty and wellness and health and all of that <laughs> stuff. I get it. I get it. But that is why I have a guest that does all of that today and has an insanely successful podcast. You've got to follow her on Instagram, one of my favorite follows. And like I said, I'm not a makeup girly. Like I, I but I <laughs> love it. I love it. She does what she does is the intersection of pop culture, entertainment, but through makeup, health, wellness. The podcast that she co-hosts. Uh, it's called Gloss Angeles Beauty. And listen to the next guest list in the last couple of years. Uh, Haley Bieber, I know her, Halsey, Selena Gomez, Scarlett Johansson. Well, I mean, the list goes on and on. They just had their second annual Gloss Angeles Awards. This, uh, I think it just got released this past week. So you got to go check out that. I was just listening to that. They had over 10,000 votes for those awards. And I was listening to it and it was like, a lot of it was like a foreign language to me, but I was so enthralled in it. But anyways, let's just get into this because I have so many things to ask about our story, about pop culture. Kirby Johnson, welcome to the show. Ryan, I need to put you in my pocket and take you with me to hype me up. I feel like that might be my overall job in the future is just uh, being miniaturized and going around like, yeah, like Puff Daddy had that on stage where he was just like, yeah. Yeah, like I could just go around. Yeah, that's a merch idea. A mini Ryan, just like <laughs> keep that in your back pocket for later. No, but I was going to tell you what you do is actually my dream. Like, I love that you get to choose whatever, whoever you want to talk to and just interview them. Like, for obviously, through my lens, it's mostly beauty focused. And I'm, I really, really love entertainment, but I love that you're like, I like this person. I think their story is interesting. Let's talk. Like, what and you're I, doing is the dream. But see, the tether for me is like you, what you do is like there is such entertainment value in it. And it's like makeup and all of that stuff is such entertainment now. Like it is like everything I talk about is pop culture now. We like even if it goes to like murders, all like really yeah. crazy stuff, but makeup and healthcare and beauty and wellness, that's all pop culture now, too. Totally. And when I see your account, I love when people are doing something that gives me a different perspective on things or that I learn. That's the thing that I, I hate with my account is like, I don't think I'm really making anybody learn, but I always learn something when I go to your account. And I know like, I'll never be wearing me. Like I literally sometimes want to write like, uh, here's my only beauty question. I dyed my beard again <laughs> with a, uh, non-chemical product and it still made my face blow up like the nutty professor. That's my no. only beauty question for you. Other than that, I'm I'm out of luck, but you don't need anything. I'm looking at you. You're gorgeous. And by the well, way, you need to wear your hair right. like this more often, by the way. Oh, I think, just not showering, waking yes. up and going. Okay. <laughs> I, I tell my boyfriend this too. His hair always looks best when it's just a little riled up. So that's your new look, Ryan. <laughs> okay. I'm taking that from you. I'm putting this, will you put this on my LinkedIn as a recommendation? Yes. Um, so I want to talk about your story, but let me first, the question that we're all wondering is what is what is Megan, the robot from the movie Megan? What's her makeup routine? What's her skin oh beauty reg? Would you even guess? It seems very pale. Lots of eyeliner. Okay. <laughs> like, like we're going back to the 90s, like just a ring around the lower eyeliner. Uh, wow. I, it's so funny because I'm I follow a ton of beauty creators um in, in addition to makeup artists and stuff, obviously for my job. And this one creator, her name is Mikey. She got invited to the press screening of <laughs> Megan. 
And literally yeah. this, this girl, she does incredible transformations and she transformed herself into Megan for the show. And it was wild. Like she bought this red wig. She put on a ton of black eyeliner. She like rimmed the bottom lower lash line with like a jumbo white <laughs> eyeliner pencil. <laughs> and it's like, you're exactly right. It's very pale. I was reading about this movie is incredible to me for so many reasons. Yeah, I saw it last night and it was hysterical. No, I heard it like, was hilarious. It's I mean, it really is hysterical in, and it's a really fun movie going experience, but I just thought it was funny that like, we're potentially seeing already Halloween costumes now. Like we're, yes. we're I was like, this is going to be a Halloween costume if it has legs. I have a note on my phone for Halloween th themes throughout the year that I think will be popular. And I literally put Megan on there. Like yes. she's the first one. People will do this. And I think this this movie and their marketing is so smart because they know exactly who their demo is. They're not trying yeah. to make this anything other than what it actually is. Oh yeah. Like and this, they're not pretending to be citizen Kane or they're no. not pretending to be an Oscar. Like this is, this is not, I mean, this is fun, trashy and they love it. They wear it on its sleeve. And I love when people, when pop culture does that. Yeah. And I, I feel like she's a gay icon immediately. Like, oh, when <laughs> dude, like, by the way, you know, I was, you know, and it was like, I would say a third was a gay audience and like right. they, they had the Nicole, the Nicole Kidman thing pops up, everybody's <laughs> yeah. screaming. And then Megan's like shows up for the first time. Everybody's like, woo. It yes. was really fun because I forget those movie going experiences from the pandemic, you know, of not having those. Totally. And Ryan, I listened to um, a podcast called the town and they talk a lot about the entertainment world in general and why they can't get people in seats to quote unquote adult movies, meaning these, you know, Oscar nominated or Oscar contending movies that used to get people into the theaters. Nobody's yeah. going to see them anymore. They're going to see Top Gun. They're going to see Marvel. They're going to Experiences, see rom-coms. Yeah. They won the experience. And so I can't wait to see Megan. I actually was looking today it's only been out 24 hours, right? And I can't yeah. even find a seat. I mean, well, it it's is like and well, in Los Angeles, especially, but it's like, and I, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, it's bad, but it's so bad, it's good. Like it's right. it's it's really it it's makes something from the sum of its parts. Um, I think you do the same thing. You came out in 2008 from Austin, Texas. Is that right? So I moved out here 2009. I graduated from school and went to TCU in Fort Worth, and I moved out here two weeks later. And you were always like, I always tell people I was obsessed with pop culture as a little kid. Yeah. I was the, you know, I was uh, a little dude getting Us Weekly every week. And this is before like even computers, you'd get the weekly, yes. Us Weekly, Entertainment Weekly, Premiere Magazine, all of these things. And I would just devour it. And I grew up in Kansas. You were the same with beauty, right? Yes, exactly. I grew up with Allure Magazine. So. And you I write also... for Allure now too. Is yes. that insane? What a full like moment that must have been for you. I love Allure. Allure is the gold standard in beauty. They do the most well-researched, uh, interesting stories in beauty. And of course they give tips and tricks, but they really do focus on like the bigger picture um, and, and what beauty looks like as a whole to a bunch of different people. So um, I love writing for them. But yeah, Allure was my Bible growing up. Like Us Weekly was for you. I And actually I remember reading in an Us Weekly that Hilary Duff, Use this product by Mario <laughs> Badescu, and it was a rose water spray, and she sprayed on her face. And I, I made my mom drive me thirty minutes to Austin because I grew up in a suburb to get this rose water spray. And I spray in seventh grade, and I sprayed it throughout school in the halls. And people were like, "What the hell are you spraying on your face?" Hey, who's what the weird this? girl spraying stuff around the hallways? <laughs> what is that? Okay, but you know, then everyone had to. But then they loved spray it. the next weeks. Okay, so. <laughs> 
uh, it was, you know, very important to me uh, to follow the Us Weeklies, to follow Allure, People Magazine. So Allure, I, I just wanted more information. I, I'm a very curious person at heart. Yeah. And so I wanted to know why did Hillary Duff look this way? It, I, I, I guess I had the wherewithal to understand that she she wasn't just, you know, she didn't just wake up and look like that, that she probably had a makeup team or something like that. So I wanted to learn more. Yeah, did you know what Glam Squad was at that point? Of course, that word didn't exist, but I felt like they were getting help. Like there was something that they knew that we didn't. The the plebeians didn't know what the celebrities <laughs> knew. If and the I secret wanted, gets out, if the yes. secret gets out, yeah. And I wanted it. I wanted that information. So I would read Allure magazine, and that's how I learned about you know what we know is the Glam Squad now. And honestly, I know um, the Kardashians are a controversial group of women, but no, listen, I it's a love hate thing for me. I mean, I and also I enjoy poking fun at the Kardashians, Same. Same. you cannot, uh, but I always tell people on the show that tell me to stop talking like they're, oh, I'm tired of it. It's like, you can't ignore it because it's pop culture, beauty, the the thing in like, as we grow, as we get more into pop culture, it's not like you have to be a successful movie actor or a singer. No. You can be a reality star. You can be somebody that, uh, it's, it's interesting to see how they've turned themselves into moguls. 100%. And I think of the Kardashians, we say the exact same thing on Los Angeles, Ryan, where people will say enough of the Kardashians. And yeah. we have to say, first of all, we're an LA centric podcast. Everything comes through the lens of Hollywood on this podcast. So you, you, those go hand in hand. You can't talk about beauty and the impact that celebrity has had on beauty without talking about Kim, especially. So we do bring them up a lot. Um, for better or worse. But I feel like you'd be ignorant not to. How would you just be ignoring one of the most, uh, I mean, somebody doing the most, I mean, in terms of even the Kim Kardashian outfit, the cosplay of it all. Like, I mean, I I would think it would be right in your guys's pockets and just fascinating to track. Totally. And if, I mean, living in LA, you walk around and you see Kim Kardashian cosplay everywhere you go. I mean, on every street corner. I actually was telling someone before the whole Balenciaga scandal that I think Kim needs to sever ties with them and move on because that neoprene, like turtleneck, really tight fitting neon gloves and you know socks over shoes look that look is so <laughs> her now that when other people wear it, it looks like they're doing like uh, Kelsey Ballerini. She's a country singer. Yeah. She wore Balenciaga in this like very vibrant blue, I think to like a CMA awards or something like that. And I mean, you could tell she was feeling herself, but I could only see Kim Kardashian in that outfit. I could Isn't not see wild? style. Wild I just saw we... Kim, you know? So it's like yeah. Kim, she, she started as a reality star and now she's like one of the people consider her a list talent now. And oh, I mean, beyond. Like, I mean, it's like a bill. She's a she's going to be a multi-billionaire yep. probably in the next two years. She's already a billionaire. Yep. Um, what made you think, though, what possessed you to come to Los Angeles? And also, I heard like initially uh, you wanted to come to be like uh, Ryan Seacrest or a Juliana Rancic or I mean, you wanted to kind of be a host and in the mix of those things. Correct. Totally. So the goal was always to move to LA from second grade on when I realized who Julia <laughs> when I realized who Julia Roberts was, I would draw uh, pictures of the Hollywood sign and be like, I'm moving. Right. There. Yes. That's in mean, Kansas. I would watch Entertainment Tonight and I would see the Hollywood sign. And so whenever I get down, I will still drive like to see the Hollywood sign or drive down Sunset Boulevard because I'm like, I'm from Kansas and now I'm here, you know? Yes. I still love seeing palm trees. I can see the Hollywood sign from my community. 
I love, love, love living here. And I'm, I'm very grateful to be here because a lot of times questions, I'm sure you get this too, are people going, I really want to be in this industry, but I don't know what to do. I don't have a job. And I'm, I'm, you can't, you have to just move here. That's what I had to do. I did not have a job. I worked many, many service industry jobs when I first moved out here. Um, but the goal was always to be here. Um, and I did want to be like a Ryan Seacrest or Juliana Rancic. E news was my Holy grail. Yeah, yeah, And I think I was devastated when I wasn't able to get in at E, but I also heard, you know, from my friends that worked in editorial at E who also wanted to be on camera, they were never going to be considered for the Ryan or Juliana role because they were so separate. They were so separate. You would think being inside of E that you would be able to work your way up through the ranks and potentially get on camera. That's not how it works. They Their talent is so, so separate from editorial. So I know a lot of people left disappointed or left like they weren't able to actually get in at E. And actually over time, I feel because of social media, E became irrelevant. You know, like yeah. a lot of these a lot of these shows like Entertainment Tonight and Extra Access Hollywood, I love what they do, but they care they cater to a very specific audience on TV. And that is an older demographic. It's the people that are not chronically online. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You know? Like well, it's like when Napster us. came along and like ruined uh, you know, uh, uh, CD sales and things yep. like that. I mean, I feel the same the internet made pop culture so accessible. I'm watching entertainment tonight every night on my cell phone with Instagram, TikTok, all of these things. But at the same time, isn't that interesting? Is that's where you've been able to get in there and kind of explode, like totally. using these other ways. Like you are, you could now get to E the way you're going now rather totally. than landing there 12 years ago. Well, and that's the thing. I remember I was so hesitant to do social media back in 2012. I hated everything. I hated selfies. I hated, I hated yeah, the whole. I hate them. I hate, I hate everything about it because it's a, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. I love being able to connect with people, but then you have people now who think they know everything and <laughs> they're giving their thoughts and opinions when I'm like, no, I actually spent over like a hundred hours <laughs> researching this for this story. Yeah. I'm looking at you, months. Bethany Frankel. I'm looking yeah. at you. You oh, don't my. know everything. Yeah. You're I TikTok. Could talk. I could talk about well, Bethany Frankel. Well, I mean, this is going to keep uh, going back and forth from your career to things like this is that Bethany Frankel on TikTok, you I've talked to her about it so many times on the show. She just wants everything. She wants to get every uh, avenue. She sees somebody do all I'll do skincare. I'll yep. do caviar. I'll do this. I was yep. just watching a video before this about her saying that the Royals, uh, Harry and Meghan were oversharing. And I was like, that is wild for you to say anybody's oversharing from I was like, you would know. But it's really interesting to see these people wanting in on everything. And I'm like, maybe we, maybe we know too much about each other and maybe we all shouldn't have as much of a voice as we do. We need an air of mystique sometimes, you know, we need to feel a little mysterious. I think that's sexy, like bring being mysterious back. Let's do that. I love that. And, you know, Bethany is an iconic businesswoman. She knows what she's doing. hundred percent. When it comes to beauty, I am so critical of her because a lot of her reviews where she tells people something is shit or not, uh, you put it on your face once. You did a first impression. You didn't tell us how it was. I still look like a day. skeleton. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, stop. Sorry. No, stop. I, 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 sorry. No, I, no, I mean, I, I just find that the part that's really uh, alarming to me is that. I mean, you should do a whole thing of just reviewing Bethany's reviews. Like that could be a whole show because I just, 
But that's why there has to be trusted people that we trust. I feel like you are one of those people that I'm like, well, if I heard it from you, I trust you. And I think that's why it's so cool what you do, because like, listen, I'm a person that really doesn't have tons of interest in this, but you've made it interesting. And I think that's, those are the lightning rods that I'm like, oh, that's one to watch for 2023. And it's really like what possessed you to start the podcast in 2018, because you went, you were a Rogers and Cohen, you did pop sugar, right? Yep. You had done a bunch of content for them. And then 2018, you start the the show with your co-host. Why? Okay. So I had been at pop sugar for eight years. I built their beauty video vertical. So when I got started, they were looking for a beauty reporter that worked on camera. This kind of goes back to like me wanting to move here for the Ryan Seacrest of it all, but it was actually Oprah. I wanted to be Oprah. I wanted, God, she's amazing. no one, no one can be Oprah, but I wanted to connect to people like Oprah does. And so I auditioned, I auditioned, I auditioned, I had to audition to be at pop sugar because I was mostly a front facing talent role, but I was the on-camera host and producer and For the first year I was there, we were producing a piece of video content a day for a solid year. So I learned a lot about how people consume content online. This was back before Facebook even had video. So our videos were just on YouTube and then on the PopSugar website embedded. Then Facebook video comes around, then Instagram video comes around, Snapchat. And we learned, okay, this is how people consume content on mobile. They need to see text. They are probably listening with the sound off. They're watching it vertically. (laughs) I'm not kidding. And then also it's like, if you don't watch with, if you're not hooked in the first three seconds, you're done. They're scrolling right past. So I learned a lot about consumption. And um, I was there for eight years. I was doing celebrity interviews. I was doing product launches with brands flying around the world to, um, you know, do exclusive launches with them. And then at some point you had a breaking point. Okay. So the media bubble burst, everyone realized that Facebook video was a fraud, that they weren't actually getting the views that they claimed that everybody was getting. And (laughs) uh, entire departments were getting wiped out. I mean, Pop Sugar hired an entire department dedicated just to this digital video. And then when they realized we don't know how to monetize this, they... And it's not just Pop Sugar. It it was every media company fired so many people. And that was after they had already fired a ton of editorial people because they're like, well, editorial's not hot anymore. It's video. Well, then they fire everyone from video and they're like, okay, what's hot? Oh, social? Okay, great. Okay, let's fire everyone there. Let's go back to editorial. I mean, it's like they were at the mercy of all these platforms, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I've learned everything I have to learn here. I can't get up any higher. There was also some political stuff happening behind the scenes as it does at a company like that, which uh, I was made aware of and was like, wow, they really don't want me to succeed. I got to get the hell out of here. And so I ended my contract. Um, I let them know. And as you know, Ryan, talent contracts, I gave them six months notice. And so I had a lot of time to bank money uh, and, and figure out what the hell I was going to do. And Was that a scary moment for you? No, because I was ready. And I think that's the key. I think that is the key. If I wasn't ready, I would have been terrified. But I knew what I needed to do to get out and to be on my way once I was out. So one of my dearest friends is, uh, she's a beauty editor as well. Her name is Sarah Tan. She was at- That's your co-host, right? Yes, co-host of Los Angeles. She was at Bustle for a long time and we were actually competitors. So Pop Sugar and Bustle were always fighting for the same opportunities, exclusives, but she and I like fell in love with each other. So we were always on trips together, always hanging out. And when I told her I was leaving, I was like, I really want to start a podcast. Would you want to do it? 
And she was like, yes. And so I have text messages and it was actually 2019, but I have text messages from 2019 that are like, like, she's like, congratulations. You're finally leaving your job and we can start our podcast. So we didn't know a name. We didn't know anything. And, um, and then we got the ball rolling. So I remember it was, you know, April, May, June, we came up with the name Los Angeles. We came up, we got our logo created and then we, uh, we filmed our first Started. episode yeah. at, in a, we, and of course, like at the time we didn't know what the hell we were doing. So we went to a studio and we paid like a fee. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like we, we thought it had to be you, guys, you can do it from your car. I no, guess. literally. And then her husband is, uh, works yeah. at, he was in audio at one point. He's like, I'm just going to order this stuff for you off of Amazon. And then we started doing it from her house. So, you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> that's why I say everybody will have a podcast at one day. Like at one point we, everybody's going to have one. So just, We'll just wait till the equipment gets cheaper and cheaper, but you'll have one. Don't worry. Ryan, um, don't you agree though, that with podcasting, it doesn't even, I mean, sound does matter. If it's constantly peaking, you, no one wants to listen to that. Of course. Yeah. But mostly it's consistency. If you're not doing it, then people are going to That's tune the out. One, that, that is the one thing that I was told at the very beginning from podcaster friends and I didn't really understand it. And then I understand understood it very quickly, but yep. it is very true. It's like, you want to keep them in your orbit. And like, I'll do the thing where I get, I love this form so much that I will exhaust people. I will sometimes do so much because I, I, when you find something you truly love, you're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I'm older. I gotta run as fast as I can, as hard as I can, because I came here as an actor. Yep. And this is the one place where I'm like, I finally have a voice. I, I was auditioning for like barista number three, or I was on the <laughs> office or, I mean, I lit, I worked as an actor, but it was never like I went out for roles that I wanted to, but this, I can talk about whatever I can talk to whoever. And there is so much more freedom and excitement that I have like stepping to the mic today. This is a Saturday. You guys, yeah. I'm, this isn't work. I was like, Oh, I get to talk to Kirby on a Saturday morning. Same. Yeah. Like I was Same. like, yeah, done. Like, um, so isn't it funny though, also that we, we, in a way, like we've been working at all, but we've taken the long way to get to where we wanted to originally in a sense. Like I have a yes. feeling within the next year and a half, you will have some form of TV show. If you don't already have that in the works, you will like, there will be elements to Los Angeles that will be on the next level of, I mean, it's just really easy for me to see. Are those, are you aware of that? It feels like you would be uh, knowing, knowing who you are a little bit. Well, first of all, I'm just touched that you even said that because you are so good at your job and you're so good at what you do. So for someone like you to even recognize that, thank you so much. Like that means the world to me because I, I'm all about giving flowers and, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like the, if you spot it, you got it. So it kind of makes me feel good that I'm like, this guy's talented. I must be talented. Oh, wait, listen, you, you could change your mind completely after this interview, but thank you so much because, but that's the thing. I mean, like, listen, I've had that fake it to make it to like, I, I wake up every day and have to tell myself like somebody cares or like, you know, like, or oh my even, God, are you kidding? You're literally you know? the first person on my Instagram feed, like every day. I'm not kidding because I engage with your content so much. Like, you're so funny. You're so quick. Oh, Half the time, I'm like, how do you even, like, are you sleeping? You're really- No, really I'm not. I'm not. And there's, <laughs> it's lit. Well, it's literally being that class clown. Well, not, I, it, or wanting to be a class clown and never really having the guts to be it. And then you have a form that starts working. The only thing with this is you notice is that, or even when we were talking about, about you doing makeup and skincare and how, you know, it's like, sometimes you don't even get to talk about the stuff you want to, because you're right. kind of locked into this certain that you're, you've got your 10,000 hours on, you're a master at this, totally. but like, you're like, Hey, I could talk about this over here. I could talk, you could be a roving reporter. You could like, you know, <laughs> your stuff. 
and that's the thing is that I even sometimes like, okay, can, now can I expand past Bravo? And like uh, when I put into pop culture, I try to make sure now it's a mix of things as Good. you try to broaden. Um, but it's one of those things, it'll drive you mad trying to figure out ways to to grow an audience. Totally. And you know, what's so funny. So I'll go back to your original question was like, are you good the, on time, by the way? I don't want to. Yeah. You, you oh, go, I'm okay. totally fine on time. Okay, cool. I'm having a great time. So I just want to make sure. So the journey to get there, initially, I'm like, no, it has to be traditional. I have to audition. I have to yeah. work my way up the ranks, whatever. And then I remember, and I'm sure you went through this too. Oh, you need to get your social numbers up. Your social yeah, numbers are I very just, important. And I'm like, why does that matter? How does, is that indicative <laughs> of my talent? Like I know plenty of not talented people that have millions of followers <laughs> or people that <laughs> buy their followers or people that, yes. you know, like all sorts of weird things. Exactly. And so slowly I started to find my footing on social, which was, I like to share information. I like to keep it real, bring people back down to earth on some things, call it as I see it. And so that's kind of where, um, you know, my content meets each other. It's, it's this beauty lens, but also you, you mentioned the, you know, 10,000 hours in beauty, right? Well, I would also argue for me, I have like a hundred thousand hours in pop culture. I mean, I similar to you, I am like drinking this in. Every yeah, that's day. I, this isn't work. I go to sleep reading the daily mail. I go to yes. sleep. I go to sleep reading weird pop culture articles. I'll, I'll go to sleep looking at past years, what I remember. And you know, what I, what I remember of that time, yep. you know, I'm like, I, I, I was lucky to be in Los Angeles during the Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, all of oh that, you know, like God. I used to yes. be going to those like nightclubs and all of that, that really weird crap in my my twenties, but it is interesting to now come to this space. And you're like, this is nothing to me. Like, this is just another, this is what my thoughts were 10 years ago before podcasts were a thing. Like I would think these pop culture thoughts or these Bravo things. I just didn't know there was a community of people out there like me. Totally. And I initially, you know, thought, okay, I can't deviate from beauty. Cause then I'll lose my audience. People will be like, I didn't come here for this, but then I start kind of experimenting with it in stories and some of the most engagement I got in my Instagram stories was from people being like, oh my God, did you see Jen Shaw's going to prison for seven years or whatever? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's the weirdest um, things that like hit. Yeah, exactly. And then I would take those to my feed and then I would notice that people were just as engaged as they were in stories. So like stories was like a really great way for me to experiment. I love and stories, then yeah. now you're able to like make twice as much as uh, of the content. But um, I, I feel like it was a journey and it, I was very stubborn and res resistant of it, of being on social media because I felt like it needed to be the traditional trajectory of, you know, getting notoriety or whatever it is. But now it's like, this is my bread and butter. This is what I do yeah. for a living. People come to me to hear Oh my God, this is how fake penises are made. On... Oh my God, your prosthetic stuff on Pam and Tommy this this uh, year. Love you, it. She got she interviewed uh the I believe it was the prosthetic artist, but also did a video on it. And I was fascinated because Lily James had a whole prosthesis for Pamela Anderson's breasts. Yep. And you found that fascinating as well. And I was like, yes. I mean, that's well, in fact, that's how I actually got fascinated with was your video. And I was like, this is amazing. Ryan, when is this going live? Uh probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay, great. So I'm going to the okay? Golden Globes. Yeah, I'm going to the Golden oh! Globes. Uh, I'm reporting from the Golden Globes on um, I'm so... Tuesday for InStyle. And I, so, you know, I have my What a talent. dream, first off. That's amazing. I was- Lily honored. James will be there. Yes. I've been dying to e uh, email. I've been dying to interview <laughs> Lily James because her performance in Pam and Tommy 
say say whatever you want about whether or not the show sh- should have yeah, been. Yeah, she made, was great. Okay, excellent. She was incredible, and her the prosthetic uh, artist Jason Collins, who is a dynamo, he is incredible. He was telling me just she was a revelation on set. I mean, she would sit through hours of prosthetics, get the wig, get the. I mean, they made eyebrow wigs for her. So instead of having to shave off her eyebrows, what they did is they put a whole forehead prosthetic piece on her to give her a larger forehead. They gave her the Pam wig. They put the little mini nineties Pam brow eyebrow wig on her. And then they gave her fake teeth to help project her front lip out and mimic Pam's actual shape of her teeth. That's why she looks so much like Pamela Anderson. I mean, and she wouldn't have looked like her. It wouldn't have worked without it. Like when people were seeing the teasers and the, you know, promo images of them filming it, sure, Sebastian Stan, he he looked like, you know, a shorter version of Tommy. Yeah, Lee, yeah. Right? But she looked so much. It was uncanny. And yes, that- I always think about like how Tommy Lee must have felt like seeing her in those photos of like, whoa, like that's a blast from the, you know, like really it must have messed with him, you know? Totally. I think you can see that that's not Tommy Lee, but the Pam thing was so dead on. She killed it. And I mean- full body prosthetics. Like you said, her breastplate, she had, um, at one point she's pregnant she was wearing a, a pregnant belly and I got to see these prosthetics. They saved them afterwards and it was, it's, they look real. It is the most bizarre thing to ever see, but the fact that she went through it. And so I, um, I want to ask her about like the psychology of having to wear that and go through that process every day and then act like she had to do this for like three hours a day and then go and act in it. I hope you and I then remove and as, then remove it, and then which remove takes it. hours as well, probably. I, I dressed up as baby Yoda with a bald cap for Halloween this year. And I mean, by the end of the day, after 12 <laughs> hours, I wanted to kill people because it's just so <laughs> yes. much no, on your and like, face when and people body. then put in the contacts or people yes. put in the it is it is just really wild, but it shows you that's why Hollywood kind of is magical and yes. it, it should keep projecting magic because of the crews behind them. It's not yep. even just these people. These crews are insanely talented. Like, I mean, who would think that you could turn somebody into a believable Pamela Anderson or even right. like what we saw with the Kardashians at the Met Gala with Kim going Maryland? Just the process, even if you disagree with it, the right. process to have that come to fruition and what you go through and have people, all these teams of artists and like, it's wild. Like, or even just even, I even get fascinated with face tuning and the artistry behind uh, making your photos look better. I find like, I like the Kardashians must have like the Monet or not the Monets, but like, like the Picasso's <laughs> or whoever the top artists working on their photos. Like right. it, it goes everywhere. Totally. And I think for me, I like to tell the story of what's going on behind the scenes. What is being said that's not written in the script? That was like a big part of the Euphoria uh, coverage that I yeah, did. I was going to ask you what you're like, what does Euphoria mean in the last couple of years to beauty? And, oh my God. You know, it you changed. covered it extensively. And I love that show, but you really made me appreciate like, because I'm like, oh, yeah, they're wearing weird eye, you know, but you really went in. So when Euphoria came out in 2019, the first thing everybody clocked, at least for women, was they're wearing modern makeup. They're not wearing, they're not wearing like the new girl style of like the, you know, curled hair with like the very simple makeup, because usually on television, you don't want the makeup or hair to detract from what's going on in the show. You don't want people to be thinking about the hair and makeup the entire time, unless it's a part of the storyline. And for Euphoria, 
these teenage girls were wearing rhinestones. They had these really like thick wings on their face. I mean, they were like little baddies. And so a lot of the people that watched this show, either they saw themselves currently in these characters or saw themselves from 10 years ago in these characters and thought, okay, wait, this is relevant to me. This feels authentic. This feels like something that I actually care about. I'm now invested in these characters because I feel like they have a part of me in them. And Donnie Davey is the makeup department yeah. head on the show. She is incredible. And last year, actually- I follow her because of you, actually. Yeah, she's, like, she's a genius. She's truly a genius. She worked on Moonlight and and doing the, the makeup for Moonlight, which- Which was, was shot on an iPhone, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and like filmed in a very specific way where- you know, with deeper skin tones, it can be very hard to light. They wanted to look a specific way. She is a genius. She's so, so good at what she does. Um, And so a couple of years, it was 2021. I got a call from Allure. They're like, you can't say anything. We've signed our lives away, but do you want to go to the Euphoria set? And, you know, and I'm like, is this a You're joke? like, no, yes. I don't. I do not. No. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. And I really didn't realize what I was getting myself into. I went and I went to the makeup trailer and she showed me everything that they were working on for the season. And was that like heaven for you? Was that like, like a moment? I knew that people were so fascinated with this show. So I wanted to get every morsel of detail that I could, like what foundation were they wearing? What were they doing? So I had, were these industry secrets though? Like, was there a protection of like, I don't know if I want to give you everything. It wasn't no it wasn't necessarily a secret. It's just she, she wasn't Donnie wasn't posting everywhere that she was using like this foundation. And also like there was a lot of things that I learned just being inside the trailer that most people didn't know. Like Sam Levinson had printed out this <laughs> piece of paper that said no foundation, trust me, Sam. Like he did not want people wearing foundation, which a lot of these young girls are like, what the hell are you talking about? I have acne. Like, I want to cover up my face. But because they're filming on film and the way he wanted it to look. He you have about like, Sam Levinson, the creator, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He didn't want the the girls or anyone to look too made up, really. So um, after that set visit, I ended up writing this story about it and then shared a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Like, um, a lot of people didn't know that um, Maddie... Alexa Demi, she does her own yeah, eyeliner. That. Yeah. And she works very closely with Donnie and her makeup team. They actually won Emmy Awards this year for their work, but they um she works with them pretty closely to design her makeup look. Um, Zendaya, they have to make her look worse, which yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's really she, bad. Yeah. She doesn't wear any makeup. I think the only thing she does wear is Mac face and body just to kind of help even out her skin tone in some ways. But most of the time, especially because Rue is an addict and she was doing drugs, they were drawing veins. They're making her eyes Ugh. red, um, bruises, all of those things. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is when I was on set, they came in with this box. Okay. And uh, it was covered. So I didn't know what was in there. And Donnie's like, Oh, that's a prosthetic. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like, it Eric Dane. Okay. So I thought it was Eric Dane at first. And I had to follow up with Donnie literally months later. Cause she was sworn to secrecy. She couldn't tell me what was in this box. Yeah. It was like, uh, Brad Pitt and seven, <laughs> like what's in the box. <laughs> so, um, we, you know, I waited a few episodes and then I, I went to Donnie and I'm like, I don't think that box was big enough for it to be 
Eric, I mean, it was a huge box. So it did, I was like, this could not have been Eric Dane's penis prosthetic. <laughs> now is my favorite part of the show where we get to talk about our sponsors. And this week, this podcast, So Bad It's Good, is sponsored by our friends at BetterHelp. Now, listen, <clears throat> we're into a new year, right? And I'll be honest with you. I have let, um, I have let certain parts of my mental health slip. I need to go back to therapy. I need to actually use BetterHelp once again. Because I feel like my best self when I do things that work on myself. And listen, I'm working out now with a trainer, but also I need somebody to work out my mind. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. We do all of these things, right? We do all these things to look good, you know, and to, to dress ourselves well, <clears throat> to eat well, you know, but sometimes we don't take care of like our mind our inside our head, which kind of dictates the whole life that we lead. But when you're at your best, you can do like great things, right? But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. I, I felt like that the last couple weeks of the year, and there's a lot of things going on in life, in my life right now, in all of our lives, really. Um, but I really felt like I was going through some motions or just kind of like I was swept up in things and I still felt like I was doing good work, but I felt disconnected from it, if that makes sense. And I was thinking in the shower before I, I came in here tonight, I was just like, it is so, our, our, everything's so fragile right now, I feel like everything could go in, in a moment. And sometimes in the same hour, I can go from happy to sad to ecstatic to angry. There's so many emotions happening right now. Working with a therapist can help you get closer, though, to the best version of yourself or how to deal with all of these emotions that you have every day. Because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. Um, <clears throat> I've, done, I've done therapy at multiple points in my life. The tricky part, just to be honest with you, with therapy is that sometimes you feel like, well, I'm good now. Everything's good. Let's just keep it where it is. And I realized that just with exercise as well. Like I'm back at the gym this past week and it's, man, it hurt. It hurts so bad. And I was fearing it so much. And the same thing with therapy. I have that thing in my head still, even after all of these years of doing it, like, oh man, I'm scared to set up an appointment on BetterHelp. I'm scared to actually talk to my therapist and tell them what I'm feeling right now. And that's, I don't know why that scares us. I don't know why. I'd rather just do a three-hour podcast every day. <clears throat> but it is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. I mean, just being here in this world is potentially major trauma, though. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient. Boom. Flexible. Boom. Affordable. Boom. And entirely online. You just have to fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Now, that's a very important point, point right there. That's a great feature because sometimes you got to jive with your therapist. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash SoBad today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P. Come on, you know how to spell help, you guys. Betterhelp.com slash so bad. And I will put that uh, that in the show notes as well. 
Um, now, uh, this is great. We, uh, we haven't, uh, we haven't had this, uh, sponsor in a while and I'm very excited because, uh, this really helps me out of a jam. Our next sponsor is HelloFresh. You know HelloFresh, but HelloFresh, they don't even know this, but they are helping me out of a jam already in 2023 because I, um, I made the bold statement to my parents that I was going to cook for them. I was going to cook for them. And uh, listen, uh, I got a uh, I got a box of HelloFresh coming to me and they gave you all of these different options. Like I could I could pick all like like veggies, fit and fun, like all of these different kinds. Like you could pay like it was so amazing. And I chose one and that box is coming to me and I'm going to have a bunch of different meals that I get to prepare. And like how my parents' house is, it has this island, like a kitchen island and then the like living room. It's like a tiny place. Um, so I can be out there cooking. My mom can sit in her recliner chair. My dad can be out there and we can all chat while I am reading the HelloFresh directions because they take you through every step of the way. Um, listen, you've got New Year's goals and HelloFresh is going to be there to help you achieve them. You skip the grocery store, which is huge because the grocery store, let's just say it can be annoying and take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. What about that does not sound good? Like, honestly, it really is awesome because you eat well, you save money, you save time getting in the car, getting out, uh, going into the grocery store, coming back out, getting in the car, going back home, and then you got to cook. Um, so fast and fresh recipes, they have that as well. HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 15 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with Bernays sauce, sauce, or Southwest pork and bean burritos. Um, listen, it is one of those things that I think, uh, if I'm left to my own devices, I'll just be honest with you. I won't. I'll just, I'll eat whatever's there. The fact that they're going to have prepackaged meals that I can make and they're going to be 25% cheaper than takeout. Are you kidding me? The ingredients travel from the farm to you in less than seven days. So, you know, they're fresh. Um, so skip the snowy slap to the grocery store, stock up on snacks, sides, desserts, and more at HelloFresh market. You can also add these staples and sweets to your weekly order and they'll arrive on your doorstep along with meals. Like, I love this. You got, I love to not see people and go to the grocery store. Like this is everything I want. I truly, truly think that HelloFresh is going to be the way to start off your 2023, right? It is so easy. You can go to their website. You can pick out these meals. Like you said, you can add extras if you want. Um, and I got to tell you, I am going to be doing that this week. And when I tell you I am excited, that is so because I've done HelloFresh before and I flipping loved it. It was when I was married, though. So listen, that was like so long ago and I'm so excited to do it again. But please do it with me. Share your experiences with me. I'm going to share my experiences with you. And uh, my mom will probably be watching over my shoulder telling me what I'm doing wrong. But I'm really excited to go on this journey with HelloFresh once again. So. Go to HelloFresh.com slash SoBad22 and use code SoBad22 for 22 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash SoBad22 and use code SoBad22. Um, and I'm going to put this in the show description as well. So HelloFresh, 
America's number one meal kit. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. He was like, no, it was actually Zendaya's arm. So, you know, oh. there's a scene... 
where she's in a tub and somebody are the, the crazy she's like, woman uh, is yeah, injecting shackled, her. Yeah. yeah. Oh. She's like, yeah, she's injecting her. She's in the bathtub and and she's realizing like she has to get these. She lost all the drugs and she has to make the money back. And she's just like, I'm really tired. And they put her in the bathtub and she injects her, I think, with like heroin or something. Um, and that was obviously not Zendaya's real arm. That was a fake arm because you can see in the show, like they're actually injecting it into the skin. It's not like yeah. one of those fake needles. So I thought that was so I, I anyways, going back to my original point, Ryan, Beauty tells the story in this show, like without saying a word. Cassie, Sydney Sweeney, her makeup was always like Blah. sweaty. It was always disheveled. <laughs> her lips were always blurred and she looked good, but everyone's always like, why is she so shiny? Because she's having anxiety attacks. She is having a mental breakdown because she is sleeping with her best friend's ex-boyfriend the entirety of the show. And she's falling in love with him, but she doesn't know how to <laughs> live. I love that. And so that is being depicted through her skin. Um, Maddie, I can't imagine uh, all these departments communicating in this way to get this done. I mean, that is such a feat. Yeah. And I mean, Heidi, Heidi Bevins, who does the wardrobe for the show is incredible. But Donnie was telling me before they get started on anything, she goes to wardrobe, talks about, you know, each character's wardrobe design. She goes to uh, like interior to see the girls' bedrooms to get an idea of what, you know, okay, this is what their bedroom looks like. Maybe this is what their makeup would be. Um, and it's very interesting. Like Maddie has a very sharp wing. It's long. This season, they were it was black. There were no rhinestones with Maddie. It was just like a very, very thick black wing. It was very sharp. And it was supposed to represent that she was maturing in a way from when we saw her in the first season. Okay, <laughs> But then- you have someone like Maude Apatow's character, Lexi, who ends the season on a high note with this incredible play that she puts together. And she's really coming into her, her own being a director, but her wings on her liner are soft and they're curved in like an upward U shape. And that's meant to be a little bit softer. It's meant to mean that she means business, but she's still feminine and she's still a little unsure of herself. So there's all this context to this stuff that people don't even realize they watch it and they appreciate it, but they don't realize that everything was intentional. And that is what I love to share with people. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm talking no, but directly I, to the source. The source. I think when say. you're this successful though, like euphoria, where it hits the zeitgeist, mm -hmm. where everything is firing on all cylinders, where you're like, well, this just really can't uh, go wrong at this point because everybody's put this work in. And I feel like the audiences might not recognize it, but I think audiences feel it. And I right. think that's why it becomes a zeitgeist moment. And then if you, I mean, then the pressure is to maintain and to try to beat yourself each season, I would imagine, which is just crazy. Um, speaking of beating themselves though, how are you guys in the new year with your podcast going to beat yourself? Because the insane amount of celebrity guests, and then I was reading, people are just requesting to be on the podcast now, <laughs> you know, like you start, like you were talking about starting with Selena Gomez, which was like a huge, which my, I mean, how many, how many, like, this is my ignorant guy question. Aren't we done? Like, haven't we figured everything out with skin yet and skincare and, and, and makeup? Like, how are celebrities still releasing new makeup lines, which you said on the uh, this episode, too, that you didn't even want to like Gwen Stefani's product, but it actually turns out it's great. Innovation is still there, but it's not, it, it, you know, it's the exception, not the rule. So a lot of people are putting out things that are just standard. And I actually was thinking about this before we had this episode. God love Lisa Rinna. Okay. I actually would love to know your, your thoughts on this because I have, I feel like a controversial opinion, which is that 
I don't know how this show is going to be interesting without her stirring the pot. Like, what are they I, going I to totally, do? I totally, I agree with you. Like, listen, there is no doubt I put together like a super cut of Lisa Rinna moments for Friday's episode. And I interspersed it between the song Celebration by Cool and the Gang because <laughs> it was very excited. But listen, I, I agree with you. That's for the show to figure out. The True. show is held hostage by Lisa Rinna now. Okay. So Lisa Rinna is doing like, think about like uh, she's cosplaying herself. Yes. I feel like now every yes. for the last two seasons, she showed up dressed like Lisa Rinna overdoes it overdoes it. And she doesn't even know how to act like herself or what we originally loved her for. So the onus is on the producers now of like, I think they need to cut and run. Like, yeah, does that mean next season might be a little boring? Maybe, probably. You have to let things grow. But we have to trust that they have Euphoria-style people behind production, which I don't trust necessarily, <laughs> and hope that they have really thought this out uh, and still kept some sort of reality to it. But I'm I'm okay with Lisa Rinna. I, I, I honor her service. Thank you for your service. But it was time for me because it was becoming when it's a hate watch more than a love watch. I yep. I start I start because I'm like, what about the, the overall health of the show? Like I think okay. about nobody's yes. bigger than the show. Nobody's right. bigger than the show. And she thought she was bigger than the show. And I I, I think Bethany Frankel a, a little bit the same way, I feel. So I think Lisa Rinna will have a podcast, a makeup line. A, you know, she already has Rinna Beauty. How's Rinna Beauty doing, by the okay, way? Okay, so this is what I was going to say. So with Rinna Beauty. Oh, you're going to have Rinna on, aren't you? I know. No. It. You 2020, I bet you do. <laughs> well, listen, I, I would be lying if I if I said I didn't try to get her on when <laughs> we launched, okay? But of here's course. The, here's the interesting thing. So- a lot of people were like, why don't you get Lisa Rinna on? Because she has Rinna Beauty coming out. And I actually really like her products, but those products aren't innovative. They're not They're not doing anything different. They're, they're just- good basic products. They're a Kylie lip kit with Rinna on it, okay? Like they're, it's <laughs> not anything new. She's not reinventing anything in a specific way. It's just, it is what it is. And you know but what? But at least She's, it's not horrible. But at least it's not horrible. It could agreed, be horrible. Agreed. Yeah. It could be terrible, but- I like the shades and I think the product is actually great. Um, but it's interesting because a lot of people ask me, how does a celebrity beauty line succeed? Yeah. And I think there's- In this day and age, especially, there's so much competition. Obviously, authenticity is a big part of it. And Hailey Bieber, I think, is like the prime example at this point that she was already on TikTok doing videos of her favorite beauty products. So people- Is hers already... called Lush? What is hers no, no. called? Hers is um Road Beauty. Road, R-O-D-E, R-O-D-E, right? R-H-O-D-E. R-H-O-D-E, sorry. Yeah. Okay, Road, yeah. It's her middle name. And she she became the girl's or guy's girl, whoever. She became everybody's go-to Do they love her? Oh, this is what she's wearing on her lips. This is what yes. she's putting on her skin. This is this, blah, blah, blah. All of that stuff. So people came invested in what she was using. And then she came out with a very curated three-piece skincare line that focused on hydration and restoring your skin barrier that everyone could use that wasn't full of too many actives or things that could potentially break your skin out or sensitize your skin. And we, she won an award. And by the way, our awards are voted on by our listeners. So it's not what, yeah, you had to, why 10,000 people voted in this year. Why don't we yes. call it the glossies? Is that, I mean, the, uh, gl I mean, the glossies, the, we were, we or is that already to, a thing? There's, a, it's already a big thing in the beauty industry. Okay. There's sorry. Sorry. Called glossies. Uh, yeah. So they yeah. have their glossies. Okay. So we're like <laughs> the Los Angeles awards, the glams, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll move forward. But 
she was selling, I mean, she had a wait list of like 316,000 people the second time they ran out of their product. Wow. And I mean, I know a lot about the behind the scenes of this particular brand. This is not like the, okay, we're only going to drop this much inventory right now and save the rest for later. Like they could not physically produce it and get it fast enough to be able to keep up with the demand. So she is influential and how, reason, how involved are celebrities in their own brands? She is extremely involved. She is the creative director. She has the vision. She has some really smart. This is the other thing. She had a lot of people that had worked in the beauty industry for decades working with her that had intel on how you market a brand, how you work with retailers, if you work with a retailer. I mean, right now they're just D to C, but I guarantee you Sephora, Ulta, all of those retailers are chomping at the bit to probably get road into their stores because she is a moneymaker. She's also a click maker. That's why everybody covers her because no matter what, she, Ryan, okay, this is the example. So it's like thinking. Adderall. There's a worldwide shortage of road be uh, beauty of her yes. beauty product. Yeah. Yes. And basically, and yeah. she, when she came on the show, she not only like tri tripled our listens for an episode, but she oh, tripled sure. our listenership. Like our subscribership oh. grew because of her, like hands down. And so wow. she's extremely. Haley, if you're listening, come on. Come no, on, truly. so bad it's good. <laughs> she's also just very, um, I think people like to criticize her for a, a, a variety of different reasons. I mean, she's like a young. She wore the Nepo, Nepo baby t-shirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But she is the most authentic celebrity I think I've ever met. I mean, she DMs me. She responds to my Instagram stories. Is that weird for you though? Like, is that, is that, is that pressure in any way? Like how, that's what I was like. My thing is like, how do you talk to these? I mean, these are big time heavy hitters. I mean, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Gwen Stefani, like uh, Selena Gomez. These are heavy hitters. Is it I'm, just like, is their peers like this? So it's, it takes away the nervousness. Well, Haley, when we interviewed her, we interviewed her in person and I felt an instant connection with her. Like we just had a lot in common and I felt like she was speaking my language. I didn't feel like it was a celebrity that I was like, so I have to interview a celebrity next week about an upcoming line that they're launching. And I'm like, how am I going to connect with this person on yeah. a level? And I, I'm still, I can't wait to see how that ends up going. But with Haley, it just felt like a conversation about beauty. It didn't feel like I, she had walls up. It didn't feel like she was guarded. It didn't feel, I mean, we asked her about like Kendall Jenner cutting that cucumber the wrong way. We were like, can you please like <laughs> seek, get her to seek help? Yeah. So she's very authentic in a way. And that's why her brand is succeeding. Of course, I think the Bieber name helps because she has this worldwide following, but she's been very intentional. Girls genuinely love her. Like, I mean, that's what they I do. get the sense of everybody that I talk to genuinely loves her. They want to you know? look like her. I mean, I go to the nail salon and literally people have her up on their phone of like, this is what I want my nails to look like. I mean, it's <laughs> insane. That must be so much pressure for her though. Like, right. like I'm like, everything you do to is stay just... on top of it and authentic and make it real to her. Like that must be a lot of pressure. And a lot of people attribute trends to her. And she's like, I didn't create this trend. I'm literally just wearing something. And then y'all are running with it saying that I created this trend, but I like, didn't, I just like painted my nails red. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like get, get over it. But then there's, you know, the Rena beauties and there's brands, I guess like the meat of what I'm trying to say here is when I get pitched a new brand, there are a very specific limited amount of PR firms that do beauty really well. And I work with a lot of them. And so with Rena's brand in particular, I remember like it was chaos 
when they launched. Like I was getting random emails from like all these different people. And I think it was the publicists that maybe she works with for her personal PR that were running her brand PR. And I think the reason I bring that up is because if you're intentional about your beauty brand, you're looking for like, okay, what agency knows how to launch a beauty brand? And you go and you interview with them and you decide who's the right fit. And then you launch with them. You're not just like, oh, my so-and-so that I know that does my personal appearance PR is going to come and handle my brand PR. Like that's just not how it works. And so to me, in my humble opinion, it just feels kind of like she's not as invested in that brand. It was just like another revenue stream versus being something that like she really wanted to become like a behemoth in a way. And yeah. maybe she, maybe not everyone has to make a behemoth brand, right, Ryan? Like, But isn't that the, but isn't that the projection or the goal in everybody's head now is that there's money to be made? Is that we saw Kylie do it? We saw that, you know, is that Kim hopped on the, you know, KKW? Like we, we see this and then I think it's that kind of uh, American greed in a way of like, I want that. And I think certain people handle it well, like you're saying Haley Bieber and then certain people, I think it's just not even their thing to begin with potentially. Totally. Like Rihanna. And can, or, can women sense that out too? Can yes. the everyday woman go like, this isn't authentic? Yeah. They're like, this doesn't make sense. And it's, you know, I think for Rena, I think she was depending a lot on her name to sell the product versus someone like Rihanna. She knew when she launched Fenty Beauty in 2017, A, she's going to have to come out with something that was relevant and made sense at the time. But also the people doing her personal PR lead they're not, they don't handle Fenty beauty. It's that is a completely separate category where there is an agency that works with influencers, editors, et cetera, to make sure that like, we're getting news on the products that we know what's launching and when, and Rihanna really is the gold standard when it comes to celebrity beauty lines, because when she launched with her foundations and, you know, there's so much to be said, like Rihanna was already rich, right? You know, she was already successful, singer, performer, etc. And she launched with um, you know, in a Sephora. So yeah, like you yeah, already yeah. have that huge retail partnership. Same with Selena Gomez, lot launched with Sephora. But she came out with a 40 shade foundation line. And this was like a direct response to women of color saying, we're sick and tired of not being able to find our shade. We're sick and tired of brands launching, you know, 25 shades of alabaster and snow and, you know. Uh, yeah, is there know. like, is it like crayons? Like there's one we all don't use? Like, is it like, yeah. uh, you know. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, so they felt un- unheard, unseen. And she came out with a shade that literally matched every single person's skin tone. Okay. So so that and gap that, in the market, she, 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 she saw, saw and space. ran with. Yeah. She saw the white space and she said, we're going to do this. And again, she wasn't the first to do this. I mean, like Mac does, Mac is really great with this. So is Lancome. So there's a lot of brands that like have really focused on this in the past, but she was the first celebrity to make it cool in a way. Yeah. And made, I mean, literally her eyeliner, the shade of her eyeliner, which is great is called like fucking black. Like she's like, leaning well in. i got i got got my 13 year old niece her first fenty uh for, for like she's doing starting to do makeup oh. and fen and she was i mean like i mean talk about cool uncle all of a sudden she like had a whole different uh opinion of me yeah he's she like you that. she's like you know what you're talking about <laughs> you know what well, I, I mean it was just but i've never <laughs> seen her give me a smile and she was like smiling and it was like wow this really that really 
connects with it's people. Kind of cur- it's kind of social currency. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh, I use Fenty. Oh, I use Kosas. Oh, I use Rode. Oh, I use whatever. You know what I mean? It's it's a little bit of social currency in a way of what your makeup or skincare routine is. Um, okay. Uh, do you have 10 more minutes? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to jam these in 2023 okay. though, for the podcast, who are the dream guests? Who are the dream at this point? Who are you fascinated with or would love to make inroads with? And by the okay. way, it probably already is in the works. So listen, Rihanna has always been our number one for obvious reasons. We almost got her last year, but then she was pregnant and had the baby. So it didn't uh, work. Dang baby keeps ruining things. I'm manifesting this for myself, but for my new column with Allure, I want to be backstage at the Super Bowl with Rihanna to do the whole, get the intel on her makeup and skin. And just to and find hair. out what the players are wearing as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you wearing underneath yeah. all that? Sir, what are you wearing? What foundation are you wearing, sir? Yeah. No, that would be, could you imagine the insanity of being b- uh, backstage at a Super Bowl? Like that would be so fun. I would love that. And my boyfriend would actually murder me because he works in sports and he has been to the Super Bowl, but he's like, if you're somehow backstage <laughs> at the Super Bowl and I've never been like, what the hell? Well, I would so, hope you would have a plus one or he could be your camera guy. I or know, something please, like that. please. Come I on. literally would figure that out um so rihanna always dolly parton i want dolly parton she's an icon um i'm really fascinated with sydney sweeney who is her yeah her her career trajectory is so interesting to me and i think she's refreshingly honest about like what an actor does and how what they go through Um, or even how much money goes out in terms of like pr like you know you know she's not making millions on euphoria because they all were signed to like a kind of a basic contract besides zadea and i found you know i found even that refreshingly honest about like what it takes to do all the things she's doing which will set her up for the future but she's got to keep working right um jennifer aniston always uh, I think you got to find out about her dry eyes. She's always complaining about these dry eyes in her camp. What <laughs> she's, she, I was like, Jennifer, do you need the money? Like you do the water, you do the, like everybody loves and respects you. But the dry eyes thing was like, I'm Jennifer Aniston and I have dry eyes. I'm like, so the Come running, on, the running joke is that she's the most hydrated person in Hollywood yeah, because she do does dry eyes. <laughs> she does dry eye, these dry eye drops. She does smart water. Yeah, she smart does water. like <laughs> vital proteins, vegan collagen. She does a vino. Like literally she's just a hydrated. She's, she's making You touch sure. her and there's like a gallon of water like coming out at she's any given moment. She's water yeah. at this point. Um, but but I she think- would be fascinating uh, just in terms of even the trends from back when friends to now. Right. And she knows beauty. I, I co-hosted an event with her in 2019, right when I left pop sugar with Avino actually, and she knew what she was talking about. So, and you can clock when someone knows what they're talking about versus just like some regurgitation of what their publicist told them to say. Yeah. She knows what's up. Um, I'm trying to think of, I'm like looking around my desk, like who else would I love to have on the show? I'm just like, I, I like to interview. I mean, my is favorite... anybody in politics had a make? Like, does Michelle Obama have a makeup brand yet? Does no? Does, uh, but you know what? We Hillary we've, Clinton have a makeup brand. We've talked about trying to get Obama, Michelle, or AOC on because AOC oh, always wears red lips. Yeah. And the show isn't the. I think when people hear beauty podcasts, they think like, oh, it's superficial. It's like just products and stuff like that. We really get into the meat of like, okay, 
what does beauty actually mean? What, like, what is problematic in the beauty industry? We're, we're, we pull the curtain back on everything. I mean, we've talk, been talking about Ozempic, I feel like for weeks at this point. Oh, I forgot to, yeah. Well, I'm going to have you, uh, hopefully you'll come on again and talk of to me course. about, because I wanted to talk to you about Ozempic and all that stuff. Because you had a, by the way, this is a real huge plug for our podcast. If you go back, Dr. Paul Nassif was on there talking about plastic yes. surgery. We know Paul from uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. With we Mary, had a whole- married Adrian Maloof and yep, botched. We- we have a whole rhinoplasty episode. So go listen to Dr. Also Paul a pop culture nugget for you guys. He got remarried uh, three years ago and I started off one of my podcast episodes. He sang to his wife uh, at the wedding, a star is born song. He's like, Arizona. Oh my God. He sang that song. Oh, go her? look it up on YouTube. I took the clip and listen, ballsy, but also ballsy to have it be like released to the public. Cause like, listen, it's a very beautiful in the moment, but he did not do the, the, the song the, justice. He did not do it justice oh. the way Bradley Cooper did. But I just thought, <laughs> what a brave, what a brave man. Um, but listen. no, I'm saying the podcast is so like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not a makeup girly, but I, I'm like, oh, I just subscribed and remember to rate it five stars, you guys. Spotify Please. and Apple Podcasts. Spotify has that too. So do it on both. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like you you guys also, I think we come for the person like you or your your co-host. Like Sarah, we yeah. come for people and it's like, oh, what you take us on the journey and I'll go. Right. You know, like, you know, I trust you. And it's like trusting the person and you just are, I, I trust what you put in front of us as uh, pop culture consumers. Um, Finally, uh, as we go out here, we were talking about Vanderpump Rules before we came on. And that was actually a show that really, and just so you guys know, on Monday night, uh, you'll you'll have, this will already happened on Monday night. The Vanderpump Rules season 10 trailer will be out. (gasps) I didn't know that. We'll see what finally all this, what they have. It'll be they're showing them car, their cards for the first time. We I'm were talking scared. beforehand how Katie Maloney gets a bad rap. And why do you think that? I think they, she gets a bad rap because people only know her for how she was with Tom. Yeah. And. But also there was a reason why she was the way she was with Tom. Agreed. Because of Tom. Yeah. They got, they got divorced, obviously. Katie is probably the most chill down to earth person. And I think that might might not benefit someone who is on reality TV because she often doesn't like to give in to drama and she thinks it's bullshit, which maybe makes her look like a bitch in the cut of the show. You know what I mean? So with Katie, the times that I have spent with her, I mean, I went on a trip with her to Salem several years ago. And oh my God, you did witch shit? You did yeah, witch stuff? Yes. Okay, wow. Yeah, we were both like being witchy <laughs> and we slept in the same room and we stayed up all night talking. And I'm like, she obviously was still married to Tom at this point and seemed, you know, happy at that point. But I was asking her all about like her past and, you know, and she was like pulling some incredibly successful hot men in her day. Okay. Oh, so I, I don't think oh, anybody doubts that. I okay, mean, like I'm she, just saying I'm she just saying. looks better now than she has. I mean, to me, she is so hot right now. Like, I mean, yes. I, I hope that's not offensive to say, but like, I think she looks so amazing right now. I just think that the show gives her the ball and chain edit, which was extremely annoying to me having known her because I, I was like, but there's a reason why she's acting this way. And they're acting like it's just, Nobody wants to discuss well, why we she's actually it, well, acting this way. 
it's the thing about reality shows sometimes is like you said, dynamic personalities sometimes thrive or some people that are willing to like really like Lala came in and was like, I'll say crazy crap. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, be immediately successful on the show. But right. Katie has the ultimate sin in reality television sometimes is that she was with somebody really charming, wasted, really like, ah, oh, shy and all oh, shucks. And kind of like that thing where you want to take care of Schwartz, you know, which Katie was kind of forced to do for a long time. Like yeah. he was getting so wasted. So he could go off and like be weird with other girls, potentially. We, you know, totally. like the, the show always hinted at that. So that wouldn't put me in a great mood as a person on this show. And then to be like tequila, Katie and all of these things, it would, it's probably going to be a love hate thing for her with this show. And I'm so curious season 10, how they paint it. Cause I'm really Same. scared that like, listen, Tom forced her to make the hardest decision for her life to actually move on to try to have a happy life. I mean, you and- could not have watched last season and anybody that watched last season and did not side with Katie. I don't, I don't know like what reality they're living in. I was so frustrated for her and I also was just like sad for her because of how he continually treated her. He, she has said this, so I don't feel like I'm speaking out of turn. He never put her first. He was always so focused on everybody else or how everybody else felt and didn't really hone in. And, you know, he was surprised that this was happening. It's like, wow, you really didn't get it. Like you really were not invested in the relationship the way you probably should have been and i think it's for the best that they both broke up but i i swear to god if she gets this like crazy because i already see it in the comments where people are like no people are so willing to katie can't get mad because she's the one that divorced tom if he wants to be with raquel i'm like ask yourself why she divorced tom ask her like that's what i'm saying like Dude, he would have stayed in that relationship forever and they would have yep. continued to be miserable it would have gotten worse and worse and worse and yep. sometimes what men will do i mean I'll, both men and women will do this sometimes is that be so horrible that they force their partner's hand in a relationship of like, I'm never going to do it. So I'm just going to be as horrible as possible. And the thing is Schwartz, even when horrible, there's a charm to him. Yes, There's like this male charm that you can't ignore. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not ignorant to it. He's really likable and that shows. So I'm so curious how they paint this. And it already sounds kind of bad in terms of the Raquel of it all and all of this stuff. I would be pissed. I don't care if I'm the one who's filing for divorce if you are hanging out with or making out with by the way i think raquel is just i, I cannot wait to see what edit she gets this season supposedly like this is the hoe. season of supposedly it's a season <laughs> of raquel supposedly this is what i'm hearing is that it's like maybe raquel getting her or finding her groove ever i don't know like it's supposedly heavy raquel and i'm like very curious because i've hung out with raquel a couple times and i'm like she's always really nice and i just but i'm like how does this like I've had, you know, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm really curious. Like from Garcelle's really son to, to Tom, Tom Schwartz? To, you know, to, there was multiple, I mean, she had the rumor with the Shaws of Sunset guy. And I was like, wow, to go from DJ James Kennedy to multiple, which by the way, girl, do your, do your DiCaprio. I don't like get it. Like, but. <laughs> but that's why I, people think that she is stuck with James to stay on the show. That's like the narrative. Yeah, I just, that did you, did are you, saying. but did you feel that though? Like, I didn't feel like she was just there because she was so quiet and like, you know, like it was like, I don't know. I just, I never got the vibe of like fame hungry. Like, I got the vibe of like somebody that was in an abusive relationship potentially. I know, but then I also felt that way about Chriselle, uh What is her last name again? <laughs> yeah, Strauss. Yeah. Strauss. And, and now my opinion of 
of her has completely changed. I think she's always just wanted to be famous. And I've like, heard that. Well, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I got the, you know, that's what it's so fun. It's it, it's interesting because people can read between the lines sometimes with reality and right. also realize at this point, we don't see everything that uh, we should see to inform our opinions. Um, okay, you guys, I have taken up so much of Kirby's time on a Saturday, but this was, I mean, I please just tell me you'll come back now at some point. Like, yes, this was so fun. This was so, so fun. I love this so much, you guys. Um, tell us everywhere we can find you, the podcast, you're doing, I mean, Golden Globes are in style. My God, yes. where else can we support you? Okay, online at Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, everywhere. Um, the, the pod is Gloss Angeles pod. We have a Facebook group. So if you have beauty questions, join our Facebook group. I know that's like the long land no. of the dead over there, but we have a very active and amazing Facebook group. Come and join, ask your questions, share your beauty recommendations. But yeah, Gloss Angeles pod and Kirby Johnson. You guys, this is really, I'm so happy that I got to do this in the beginning of the year. Kirby Johnson, thank you so much and break a leg at the Golden Globes. <laughs> thank you. Five, four. Betches.